Hello guys, thank you for tuning back into the Anish Experience. Coming back from a little two-week hiatus. I was on vacation last week, so that's why there was no episode. So today I wanted to come back um, with sort of a deadline day roundup of what happened in the NBA. Now it's predominantly going to be NBA news, I think, talking about it. So if you're not that interested, then this episode might not be for you. Uh, But I'm just going to touch on variety of topics and and deals that went down on Thursday. So everything from Anthony Davis not getting traded to Marcus Saul to uh, Philadelphia and the Sixers making moves to Milwaukee getting Miritich, uh, the KP trade and and what and what New York is hoping for, uh, the Wizards trading Porter. And then I'll sort of end it off with a few uh, tidbits on Champions League coming back this week and what's going on in the football world. So first I'll start off with, I mean, NBA trade down, and that's all that dominated the conversation this entire week. Um, but I think the biggest thing and the biggest news of the last couple of weeks was definitely the deal that didn't happen. So it was rumored weeks ago that Anthony Davis was going to LA. It's been a sort of a back and forth ever since LeBron came out. I think it was either late December or January and said, like, I really want to play with Anthony Davis. And since that happened, uh, you, you thought that everything was going the Lakers way and they were, uh, they were going to get him. But it actually t- turned out that uh, the Pelicans just played them. I mean, I think they were pissed off that LeBron screwed them and Magic and Rich Paul and the agents in Clutch Sports and Davis were were orchestrating a lot of things behind the scenes. So I think New Orleans was just fed up and, and played, uh, played the game. So I guess the first thing, in terms of the saga, so the first thing that started was a couple weeks back, uh, actually a week before the deadline, it was uh, came out from Rich Paul and Anthony Davis directly uh, that he wanted to leave New Orleans, that he wasn't going to resign there, and he wanted to trade and wanted to be out of there. Then he came out with a whole ESPN interview, and uh, Rich Paul orchestrated a bunch of different things where he was able to go out and talk and say, oh, no, this I want to be New Orleans, but also I, I think L.A. and, and the team, I, I don't, think the team is going anywhere and I want to play for championships and I don't really care about the money and it was all a bunch of PR crap. Then the Pelicans came out after that saying okay that's fine uh, we'll, we'll trade with the Lakers and then see what happens and they basically baited the Lakers into giving them everything so it was leaked the Pelicans leaked the Lakers offer which ended up the final offer was Lonzo, Kuzma, Ingram, Rondo, Zubac and two first round picks just for Anthony Davis which is obviously an insane trade um, and they're basically for for given up everything um, to get Davis. That being said, if you can get a top three, top five talent, you probably are willing to give up the entirety of your team. But then the Pelicans came out uh, towards the end towards the end of the deadline and basically said, yeah, we're not going to trade with you. Um, and there's an article that came out actually, uh, Deadspin and Brian Windhorst from ESPN actually posted about how Dell Demps was not playing the game. Um, all of this was to to put it out in the media, to ruin the Lakers' chemistry, um, which he did. I mean, the Lakers, they played Indiana this week. Uh, they lost by 40 points, which was LeBron's worst loss ever. And then there was a bunch of stuff that came out, actually some funny memes as well, where there was a photo of LeBron sitting a few chairs down from all of his teammates because he didn't know which of them was going to get traded, if any of them. The other thing is I have a problem with LeBron after that because he came out after the game after losing by 40 and put up this great big Instagram post about, oh my God, I scored 32,000 points, look how great I am, this kid from Akron who couldn't accomplish anything. And yes, like he, he should be grateful and he is an unbelievable player, but like you just lost by 40. Like you're basically throwing all your teammates to the sideline. I mean, we get it, you're really good and you're top three, top five player all time, but like, come on, man. Like, I thought you were supposed to be a great teammate and I know it's a it's a media thing and that's what he puts out on Instagram and it's a very calculated way of showing who he is and what he's doing, but I don't know, it was just, uh, it didn't look very good. 
So that being said, going back to the Davis thing, so there's almost no doubt that this was definitely orchestrated behind the scenes by LeBron, by Rich Paul, Davis's agent, who's LeBron's best friend, who started Clutch Sports, which also has John Wall and Eric Bledsoe and a bunch of other people as well. Um, and they, they basically told Davis, like, you get to L.A. because you can be the big star in L.A., you can play with LeBron, you can make a bunch of money, you can win some titles, challenge the Warriors. And I think he said he bought it. I mean, he knew he could get the money. He knew L.A. was was huge. But New Orleans just came back and said, nope, no, we're not playing this game. So now it gets it a little bit more interesting, too, because it means that Boston can get into the mix. So the big thing was Boston couldn't trade for Anthony Davis this year unless they traded Kyrie because of a particular rule in the last um, uh, player negotiations, which said that you can't have two max guys traded in the same year to the same team. I think it was basically after Miami got Bosch and Wade, and so they sort of changed up. But now it gets interesting because obviously Boston has a ton of young talent. They got Tatum, they got Brown, they got... Uh, Rozier, they have a bunch of picks. Um, I think they thought that, that their Sacramento pick was going to be more valuable, so it's not as much because Sacramento, I think, is going for the playoffs to see if they can get there. But it's interesting because now Boston has a way to get involved. Uh, the Lakers, that like that being said, if they were willing to give up that haul, I don't, I don't see why the Pelicans wouldn't take it because I guess you're, I mean, you're not getting a sure thing, and Tatum looks like he could be a sure All Star, but. I don't know. It's it's uh it's interesting. I think it was more just they they wanted the options on the table. They wanted to see what was happening, um, and then also the other thing with the Boston angle is uh, so it came out. Anthony Davis's dad came out this week and said like, "There's no way my son is playing for Boston or ever resigning there because of how they handled the Isaiah Thomas situation." Um, and obviously, uh, if you for those of you who don't know, like Isaiah Thomas was um, he basically had an unbelievable couple seasons for the Celtics. One year as a top five talent, top five MVP voting. Uh, he scored 50 in a playoff game right after his sister died. And then they traded him uh, straight up for Kyrie because of this hip injury. And and I mean, objectively from a trade, it was obviously worth it because I say it hasn't played since and Kyrie's been, Kyrie's Kyrie. Uh, but it was just ruthless. Um, it shows you the, the way that NBA teams just obviously don't care. And so I think after that, obviously Davis said, there's no way I'm playing for this team. And even if he did get traded and stayed for a year, um, I mean, Kyrie might be gone so who knows at that point so then the other thing that was so after the deadline ended it came out New Orleans was like oh we want to sit Anthony Davis for the entire season because they don't want to risk any injury or, or any asset and then Rich Paul basically played the game back and sort of tattled on the Pelicans because he went to the NBA and they threatened the Pelicans with a $100,000 fine for every game that he rested uh, because now the NBA is putting a new rule because of what happened a few years ago with teams resting players at weird times. So either way, I mean, this, this whole drama and saga, of course, it's classic Hollywood, classic Lakers um, and classic rumor mill. But uh, if he doesn't end up, I think it's inev- inevitable that Davis is going to end up on LA. If not this summer, then definitely within a year, I think even if he gets traded. Uh, but it's definitely something to uh, to look forward to. So now let's get to the actual move. So the first one, I think the biggest move, obviously, was the Marcus Gasol trade. I mean, he was the biggest piece that was moved in the uh, at the deadline. He's, he's a former NBA all uh, all first team. He's former Defense Player of the Year. So he has been unbelievable. And I think I think objectively for what the Raptors did, I think it was a great deal. Um, they got a good passing big man, a Jokic type who can set up an offense from the top. He can he can uh, pass the ball super well. You can spread the floor and get four shooters around him. You don't have to put the ball in. Kyle Lowry or Kawhi's hands all the time in order for the offense to get through. Uh, he, he can bang down low. He can score on the post. He can rebound. And I think it's just the versatility that he gave you over JV. Um, considering also what we gave up was not that too bad. I mean, JV was basically like 
a mini mini-ish version of Marc Gasol. Uh, Jalan had been playing well. I mean, he played a lot better last year, but he was he was sort of back and forth. I know he had a big shoulder injury, and then CJ. I mean, he was just a, somebody I think that was put in for money. He we got him strictly to come off the bench and shoot threes and make them, and he hadn't been doing that. So I think it was for them it was worth it. Um, and a calculated risk for Ujiri because, I mean, if you look back at their playoff success, he's he's built teams thinking that uh, they were going to get it done and that they could, um, with their depth uh, and going 10 deep, that they would be healthier and be better in the playoffs. And obviously you realize that over the last couple of years that, I mean, the depth is pretty, it doesn't matter. I mean, you need five guys who have been there, who have experience, who um, at the end of the day can get it done. And I mean, now with that team, so you have Lowry, Green, Kawhi, and then Ibaka, Siakam, and Gasol. I mean, that's a great starting five. Um, going going into the playoffs, that as long as everybody's healthy, that'll be uh, the most important thing. So, I mean, I miss JV. JV was, I mean, the longest tenured Raptor after DeRozan left. Um, and I mean, he he played for the he played really well for the team. He he grew a lot. I think my biggest problem always was with Casey was the the classic Dwayne Casey thing was they would throw him the ball in the first quarter three times in a row and then never throw it to him again. And I mean, he had great c- uh, series. I remember the against the Pacers a couple years back. He was definitely the best team. I mean, uh, the the year that the Raptors made the Eastern Conference Finals, he was arguably. I mean, DeRozan and Larry had spurts, but he was arguably arguably the most consistent and best player on that Raptor team. So. I mean, really, really, um, really uh, sad to see him go, but also, I mean, the team got way better, so um, it was definitely a wor- calc- worth uh, worthwhile risk. The next thing was Philly. So Philly went all in. Elton Brand, new GM after uh, Colangelo had his whole debacle during the offseason, came in and, and and they're all in. They're going for it. They have gotten rid of and they put put all the chips on the table. So they got Tobias and Boban for Larry Shamit, Wilson Chandler, and Mike Muscala, and uh, f- a couple of uh, second round picks. And so, I mean, it clearly means we're going all in. Like, Tobias Harris is an uh, amazing player. I've always uh, really liked him, what he can do. Um, he can shoot really well. He can dribble. Um, you can run an offense through him. And he's been a borderline all-star for the Clippers this year. However, I do not know if this will actually work out because this move kind of reminds me of the too many stars on one team. So, like, you have going back to the Lakers in 2004 when they lost to the Pistons. You had, like, Gary Payton, Karl Malone, Kobe, Shaq, all these different talents. Um, even the, with the Celtics this year, I mean, you have Kyrie, you have Hayward, you have guys that play like the Tatum and Brown and Rozier who played unbelievably last year. And the problem is, is there's one ball. So unless Tobias comes in and becomes an off-the-ball clay type or Rip Hamilton type of player where he can shoot and doesn't really need it... Um, it's going to be tough for them to gel. I mean, they've already had problems. Jimmy Butler came in, and, and he's been a, he's a toxic ego and has come in and, and been the male alpha. And then, obviously, you have Simmons, who needs the ball to run an offense, and you need to give Joel the ball. I mean, Joel's been a top-five player this year, and he's probably going to get a top-five MVP. Um, he's been absolutely unbelievable. And if he stays healthy, I mean, it'll be amazing to see and watch him and continue. But it'll, it'll be interesting because... Obviously, everybody needs the ball. I mean, Tobias is not an off-the-ball guy. Jimmy's not really an off-the-ball guy, although I think in order for them to be successful, he has to be. And then you have to give Joel the ball and, like, let him go. So, I mean, I think it'll be interesting um, because they sort of have a similar Boston angle where they have... I mean, they have talent, which is obviously great, and we're getting down to the playoffs. And if you have four or five guys... And their starting lineup, I think, is even better than the Raptors. I mean, you have Simmons, Redick, Butler, Tobias, and... Um, Joel, and that's an unbelievable starting five, and so they they clearly all in. So my bet is that they they don't end up uh, gelling and mixing at least this year. Um, but again, the the East basically just got way way better. 
And that's why it takes me to the opposite side, which is Fultz. So they traded Markel Fultz from Orla- to Orlando for Jonathan Simmons and two picks. And I think, I mean, I, I, when, when Fultz came out, he was consensus number one. I mean, every single draft and team who put it out was thought that this guy was going to be great. Now, of course, teams have done it in the past. Um, I mean, you have Anthony, Anthony Bennett, for example, but even then, he wasn't a consensus number one. He wasn't a guy that everybody thought was going to be amazing. Fultz has been that. Um, and it's just, I, I don't know what has gone on in the last couple of weeks. I mean, his shot wasn't there, then it was there, and all these videos come out. And I mean, I think it's tough because you have a 20 to 21-year-old kid who has played basketball at a high level the, in his entire life. He gets to the NBA, he has all this expectation on him, and then there's just scrutiny. And there's social with social media and videos and he can't get away from all of it. And all these people talking about what happened and what's going on and is he injured, is he not injured, is it in his head, does he have a mental illness? Like, And, I mean, he's obviously reading all of this because every every kid in the NBA now is is on social media. So, I mean, I think for, for them it was just a necessary move. Um, I think now it's good because he's on Orlando. He, he has a chance to prove himself. He has a chance to live up to the hype. He's probably going to get minutes. He's going to get the ball. So, I mean, I think for him personally, I think it's a good good thing that he did that. So moving on to the next one, Milwaukee. So Milwaukee, I think, actually might have made the best move, potentially the best move of the deadline, um, getting Miritich um, to perfectly complement their offense. So I think giving Jason Smith and Stanley Johnson, um, with what they're doing, with what Budenholder has done, is basically done like th- a three-point offense with Giannis in the middle controlling everything. Um, and it fits perfectly. I mean, so you have him with Lopez, with Middleton and Budso and Giannis be crunch time guys, and again, the, their, their starting five going into the playoffs. I mean, that's super scary. Every every one of them can hit a three. I mean, Giannis can't really hit a three, but it doesn't matter because he's a unicorn. He can do whatever and get guys shot. So, I mean, I think for them it was a huge, uh, huge get and uh, could could end up being a, the biggest move of the deadline. So the biggest news prior to the... The, the deadline itself was the, the Porzingis deal, obviously. So, I mean, I think this could go one of two ways. Either it could be one of the worst trades in NBA history because they basically gave up Porzingis for Dennis Smith Jr. and Cap Space, or it could go down potentially as one of the best that set the Knicks up for to be a force to be reckoned with for years to come. So they gave up KP for Dennis Smith, DeAndre Jordan, uh, Wesley Matthews, and a pi- basically two picks. And I mean, I think for the Mavs, it was obviously worth it, right? They have now two consensus All-NBA talents with the chance to potentially get another one if they tank. So they've talked about uh, shutting down KP uh, for the entire year to rehab him from his ACL injury, which I think is definitely smart in the long run considering he's a big man with uh, foot issues and leg issues. So uh, that's a good thing. And so if they if they, I mean, if they tank and they get a, a top five, top seven pick, I mean, that's, that's pretty sweet having Doncic and KP there. However, on the opposite side, the Knicks side is really interesting because I don't think they make this trade unless they know that Durant or is coming to the Knicks. Like that, I mean, that's the only way they could do it. Now, there's definitely, I'm sure, there's tons of conversations happening behind the scenes. So Durant's a really good agent and really good friend, agent, manager, the guy who's basically his number two next to him, Rich Klein, uh, is a New York guy through and through, loves the Knicks, is like, and is basically Durant's man. I mean, they do everything together. He's on all his podcasts. He, he coordinates all his deals. He does all the social media. So he's always talked about, and I mean, I think if the Knicks get him, obviously Durant, then they're going to get him a job and they're going to get him doing everything. And so I, I think for that, they, there had to have been some feeling that they, he has to be going. Um, now, obviously, with the cap situation, they can get two top-class free agents. So you have the summer, I mean, the summer you have Durant, you have Kyrie, you have Butler, you have Kemba. Um, and I mean, if you can get Durant, um, which 
could happen. Uh, and like potentially a Kyrie, potentially a Jimmy Butler. And then you get, and then the Knicks are obviously awful this year. You get a Zion, you get a RJ Barrett, you get a Gal Moran. Like you, the Knicks went from nothing to potentially championship contender within one season. Personally, I think as an NBA fan, that would just be unbelievable to watch. I mean, the NBA is already in such a good place. There are games night to night that are so good. But if you have in the Mecca two top three guys, like that would be, I mean, it would be, it would just be so entertaining to watch. And that being said, I mean, Durant, so on a side note, I think, I mean, Durant, I've talked about this in the past, Durant, I think, is a big baby, um, so he had a press conference this week challenging the media, and he was basically like, why do you guys keep asking me about the Knicks all the time, like, that's so far away, and that's in the summer, um, again, he never denied that he was going to leave Golden State, and I think it was just immaturity, I mean, again, like, he goes after the media for asking him questions that a media member deserves to know, I mean, he's, the, all this rumors and stuff has come out. He hasn't denied any of it. He hasn't stopped any of it. So, I mean, it's a reasonable question. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, either way, he's a top three talent. So people will be obviously willing to take a chance on him no matter what. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what the Knicks, we'll, what the Knicks do because um, they could end up being unbelievable and they could end up being screwed if they don't get a huge star and get screwed out of a top pick. Um, so the last couple of things under the radar uh, type of move, not really under the radar, but like rooms that still could be significant. So Harrison Barnes got traded to Sacramento, so it looks like they're all in and sort of going for the playoffs as well. Um, it was also another big thing this week because LeBron went on his social media again and said, oh my God, look, Harrison Barnes got traded. Um, he knew, like, how can you say that he got traded during the game and talk about owners and they don't care about players and none of this and... I mean, yes, like, I agree to an extent, but that being said, it came out afterwards that Harrison Barnes was told prior to the game that he might be traded, and he decided to suit up anyway, so that was his, he decided to do that. I mean, he's not, the, the team let him know. It wasn't, like, a DeRozan or somewhere else where they had no idea, and they just shed him for what, or an Isaiah Thomas, but, yeah, I mean, if, if a team signs you, obviously, they're, they're paying you so much money, especially in the league, and it's all guaranteed, so they have every right to do what they want with your contract. So the last thing, last trade, I mean, there was more, but there were pretty insignificant moves, was the Wizards. So the Wizards traded Otto Porter Jr. Um, for disaster that was Jabari Parker going to the Bulls and also getting Bobby Porter. And I think it was just basically the Wizards saying, like, look, this is now the beginning of a couple few years of brutal uh, salary cap hell and uh, we're going to be a shitty team. Um, and... Yeah, I mean, I, they did good to get out of Porter's max deal and get Jabari, who's basically gone, and then Bobby Porter, Portis, who's not, uh, who's the, yeah, I mean, he's a solid, like, six-man. Uh, he's nothing great, but they just basically shed Porter for anything. And, I mean, the Wizards, like, I mean, what happened with John Wall this week, so came out that J John Wall had is now out at least 12 to 18 months uh, as he tore his Achilles. Um so what happened was he, he had an Achilles injury, chronic injury, and then he had surgery on this chronic injury to repair something. And then while he was walking in his house, uh, he tore his Achilles, which I have to say is, I mean, probably another NBA bullshit story that is a media darling thing that, I mean, it sounds like one of those that he was in a club or he was at a friend's house drinking, doing something stupid and then fell or or something happened, but, I mean, I digress, that's, uh, that's the way the media works, and, I mean, his contract is brutal, because, so, he's, he's signed a super max deal prior to this season, and it kicks in after next year, where he gets 170 million guaranteed in the next four years, so he gets 37 million dollars next year, fully paid, and he won't play at all, so, obviously, for him, it was a good thing, uh, but for the Wizards, that being said, I mean, they're, they screwed, they have, they, they can't get the money out, um, so, at least with this trade, they get a little bit more money back, they get under the ta tax situation, but, I mean, they got to really think about trading Bradley Beal and going full tank. 
Um, so we'll see. We'll see. That was that was another interesting kind of move. I guess I can end all of this the NBA trade chatter with. I mean, I think I just think in general it's an interesting time in the league because uh, since 2010 you've had this huge whole player empowerment movement. Uh, since LeBron left, was saying, "Oh well, we can control our destiny now when we have choice." So like, why won't we do that? And you know what? I think fair enough. Like you're in a contract season, you have every right to choose where you're allowed to be. Um, you don't know it to anybody else but yourself, and especially if you have that because owners have that choice and they they can do it. And also, addition to that, just it just feels like everybody, every star player, everybody who's moving, everything you hear from all these guys is just unhappy. And I think that's why there's more player movement than before, right? Because all these guys are now wanting to team up with friends and people in different cities and, and go. But then again, like, the grass is always seems greener on the other side, right? doesn't mean that they're... Like, I, I can tell you just in this example, like, with Kevin Durant, what he did this week and how much of a child he was and for people asking questions and doing that, like, he's going to get swallowed by the New York media, absolutely swallowed if he decides to go. Um, and maybe it'll make him a stronger person. I don't know. Or maybe he's he, he retreats into what he's been doing. Um, but I think, I mean, I, it goes both ways, right? Because the owners sign these guys to big contracts and the team sign these guys to big contracts. And, like, if you sign a contract, you are employed by the team. So they are allowed to do whatever they want to do with you. That's just the way the game works, right? So I think it's, uh, it's just sort of interesting um, how, how that all plays out. I think I want to touch on as well a couple games that happened, and it just, again, goes back to why the NBA is so entertaining. I mean, every day there's something going on. So two games last night that happened uh, where two teams came back from 25-plus down. So the Clippers win in Boston. They were down by 28 points in the second half. Um, un- unbelievable. I mean, it was a Kyrie, but still, 28 points on the road is amazing. And then you also have the Thunder against the Rockets, where they were down by 26 points, um, and that game was just so entertaining, back and forth at the end. I mean, Paul George in any other year, I think, would have a legit shot at MVP. What he's doing this year has been unbelievable, uh, but it's obviously Harden and Giannis's to lose. And then the Wessel Westbrook thing, I mean, I, I've talked about this before, like, I don't think, he, because he won the triple-double MVP a couple years ago, people were like, oh, okay, that's fine, but, like, he's still amazing, he's still doing crazy things, I mean, so now he's tied atop the all-time with Wilt, with a triple-double streak with nine in a row, which is more than 10% of the season straight with a triple-double, he's also averaging now a triple-double in his third straight seasons, 20, 11, and 11, it's just, like, it's crazy, you can't even imagine doing this in video games, um, so I think it just it cements to me like the NBA is is it's so much fun to watch it's so entertaining and even though we all probably know Golden State is going to win again um, it's still I mean following the trade deadline and what's been going on and coming into All Star Weekend I mean the second half of the season is going to be so entertaining and I think these the games coming up are going to be really really uh, awesome. So last little uh, tidbit I wanted to touch on, just uh, small things on the football side. So Liverpool got a big win at home uh, yesterday against uh, Bournemouth, which was, I mean, a good result, especially considering the last couple games. I mean, they tied to West Ham and tied to Leicester, so brutal ways to drop points. I mean, at least it wasn't a loss, but still not uh, not great when City's right on your heels. So City, I mean, City's playing Chelsea right now. I was just watching the first half. They scored four goals within 25 minutes. Um, so... It's yeah. The the EPL is also just as crazy because you have them losing to Newcastle a few weeks back, and yet they beat a top four team in Chelsea and just handle them. Um, so yeah, they're right on the heels. Liverpool's got. I mean, it's a long season to go. They've they've let up again, and they have to maintain and continue to uh, to push. The other thing is Champions League is finally back this week. It's been a 
feels like a long hiatus, um, but an exciting slate of games. I mean, PSG's first uh, playing United on Tuesday, and I mean they look they don't look very good going in. I think United's probably going to win that. Neymar's out for at least a couple more weeks. Cavani's now out and probably won't play even maybe the second uh, leg. And then also Munier has a um, concussion. And I mean United's been on fire, especially Pogba and what Pogba's been doing. So I mean for those any of you who have a fantasy Premier League, he was definitely a huge get and somebody I would look to because he's been unreal for. Uh, United this year um, so and then also you have Madrid as well against Ajax so they're playing Ajax midweek and they had a good week I mean they put up a tie against Barcelona on the road which uh, to be honest I think was quite unexpected considering how bad they've been this season how good Barca's been but still and then obviously uh, to win against Atletico on the road I mean not really on the road because they're still in Madrid but still so that so that uh, that week that those two uh, those two games I think I'm looking forward to midweek um, so that's pretty much it this week. I'll end it off again with the WWW Weird, Wild, and Wonderful segment. Um, I put a couple things already on the Facebook page, but I'll just go through them again in case you do end up here. So one thing was, and I, I mean, I couldn't stop laughing when this came up, but like uh, the score um, graphics department put together uh, Tinder profile photos and uh, Tinder profiles for all the NBA All-Stars. And I, I mean, they were so funny. I think the Westbrook one, Mr. Steal Your Rebound, and... Durant uh, moving to NYC in five months and Chris Middleton oh I'm just a first time all-star and excited to be here uh, it was uh, yeah extremely extremely funny and if and if you watch basketball definitely uh, entertaining the other one there's another one I put up I'll, I'll put up as well which is um so the Super Bowl happened obviously last week uh, I haven't really touched on it much today just because it was a disaster it was not entertaining at all the halftime show was brutal uh, the game sucked so I, I just didn't really want to talk about it. And I specifically, so what happened was the Dallas Stars, um, their their team really nailed it because they had a, uh, a SpongeBob Super Bowl tribute, I guess, in a way. And they played right before the beginning of the game. They played like an actual SpongeBob tribute and um, for the creator who had died in, in November. Um, and it was just, it was nice to see, you know. I, I was a big SpongeBob fan growing up. It was uh, a huge part of my childhood. And I was extremely disappointed. I mean, I even remember signing up for the petition uh, to get SpongeBob in the Super Bowl. And to see it last week with what they, fucking Adam Levine did and Maroon 5. I mean, it was, it wasn't even a Maroon 5 show. It was the Adam Levine show. I mean, he made it all about himself. He was out. He white dad danced with Travis Scott and he was trying to jam out with big boy and and I mean Travis Scott didn't even he got a verse and even in the verse he got like half of it was cut I don't know anyway it was just a disaster but good to see the Dallas Stars actually doing it and then the last one was when I just put up uh, recently was uh, bad lip reading is uh, one of those that's just always so much fun to watch and they did another uh, end of the year NFL one so again uh, check that out and always entertaining so that's it for this week guys Uh, thanks for tuning in It's time for the fact check with your host, Anish Kaushal. Dun 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 bum 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 Yeah, I don't know why the Law & Order SVU thing is stuck in my head, but <clears throat> it has been. Anyway, this time for the fact check, just wanted to leave off with a couple of things. I think I was pretty good this week. I'm sure I probably missed uh, some stuff, but all good. So what I wanted to explain was uh, the Rose Rule. So I talked about how Anthony Davis couldn't be traded to Boston uh, because of this rule that had been come out sort of after Derrick Rose. Um, and it basically what happened was it allowed certain players to sign for 30% of the team's cap um, if they met certain milestones. So if they got an MVP or a defensive player or LNBA in their first couple of years on their rookie contract. Um, and it basically means that you can't teams can't trade for more than one of those players in a single season. So that's why the Celtics have to wait until the offseason, until <coughs> Kyrie signs a different deal. 
and then they can try and go after Davis. Uh, so the Isaiah Thomas trade also was one of the things I mentioned. I said straight up for Kyrie, but it, I mean, it wasn't straight up for Kyrie. There was other people involved. So it was Kyrie actually for Isaiah uh, and Zizic, who I don't think is in the league anymore. Jay Crowder, who's now currently in Utah, and Brooklyn's pick. Um, so, I mean, Cleveland, they basically got Colin Sexton <laughs> out of the entire thing for Kyrie. So uh, probably not a good trade uh, looking back at it. And then the last one was, I mentioned at the end, Neymar's injury. So he's been actually ruled out for at least two months, uh, at least both the ties against United. Cavani's now pretty much ruled out for the tie this week and even questionable for the tie in a couple of weeks from now. Um, and then Mounier's concussion, they're not sure, but probably not playing this week. So that was it uh, pretty much for the fact check this week. Hope you guys enjoyed this again. Um, yeah, there was it was it was a pretty decent week. I'll be back again next week with another uh, sports episode edition, trying to get uh, a couple more things running in the background. So uh, we'll keep you guys updated and posted as to that. As always, you can find find it, find the podcast on the Facebook page at The Anish Experience uh, or on the Instagram uh, at The Anish Experience as well. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in again this week. As always, if there are suggestions, please reach out to me um, in a variety of ways through the Facebook page or even personally. And remember to always stay curious. Mm-hmm.